This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. What a thrill for us to be joined today by the invincible Rob Platts. Rob is Woodbine's multi-talented director of broadcasting. Congratulations are in order for Rob and his stellar team after they won the prestigious Eclipse Award for feature television programming for their brilliant production called Secretariat, The Last Race. A look back at the Equine Heroes' final race of 1973, the Triple Crown, and his historic victory at the Canadian International at Woodbine that very same year. The last of his career. Can't wait to welcome Rob Platts to the show. John McMillan is a standard-bred horseman, announcer, and former GM of Ottawa's Rideau-Carlton Raceway. He recently received some pretty devastating health news that would affect his life, but not his passion for all things harness racing. The diagnosis was a highly malignant brain tumor. John has had to make some serious changes to how he lives, but he's a fighter and a never-give-up kind of guy. He is still training a few horses and calling some races at Rideau-Carlton. How does he do it? We're going to find out when John McMillan joins us today on Ponies 24-7. Bob Broadstock is a well-known and highly respected quarter horse breeder and president of the Quarter Racing Owners of Ontario, Inc. (laughs) He'll also take us back to the season that was at Ajax Downs last year and peer into the future as preparations are now underway for the 2024 Quarter Horse Race Meeting. And finally, he's back. My wonderful co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be one heck of a show, so please get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our show feature. It's new. It's In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS bulk propane ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 105.9 the region go from dark horse to winner Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my co-host, Larry Simpson, and our In Case You Missed It, a look at the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Larry, lots to talk about. First of all, we've got a friend of the show, Sofia Vives, a Woodbine jockey. She is up for an Eclipse Award. Brava. Sofia is uh, up for the Eclipse Award for outstanding apprentice jockey in North America. She's from the U.S., but she's a good friend of the show. And uh, it's kind of exciting because uh, she did all her riding here at Woodbine. I think she won 122 races at Woodbine. And she's up against two um, male apprentice jockeys uh, from the U.S., and uh, good luck to her. The Eclipse Awards are going to be—they're uh, going to be released for outstanding performances in horse racing, which will be Horse of the Year in that. And I believe it's the Friday night of the Pegasus Weekend in that at Gulfstream Park. So. Uh, We'll keep an eye on that. And I'm excited that there is a specific category that she fits into, apprentice jockey. That's fantastic. Exactly, and be nice to uh, to see her win it. It would very much so. Last Sunday, some pretty exciting news out of Santa Anita with a Canadian connection, Larry. Yeah, there was a horse by the name of uh, Copian, uh, Philly, uh, won the Grade Three Santa Anita Stakes at Santa Anita last Sunday. Now, Copian was bred by Ivan Dallas and his daughter, a friend of the show, Colleen, who's been on the show before. And uh, uh, Copian is a daughter of uh, their Sovereign Award-winning broodmare called Galloping Amy, who's had, I believe, seven foals, including this one, and uh, two or three uh, major stakes winners in that. So this is a filly to keep an eye on uh, because uh, that race the other day was points uh, for the Kentucky Oaks, which is the uh, filly division, you could say, of the uh, Kentucky Derby. Uh, She's two for two. She's broken her maiden. She's won a stakes race. We'll see what happens, and hopefully we have uh, Colleen on next week, who is the breeder, to talk about this a little bit more. Well, the future is bright, that is for sure. Thank you, Larry. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. We are so pleased to be joined today for the very first time by Rob Platts, Woodbine's Director of Broadcasting. Recently, Rob and his stellar team were rewarded with the esteemed Eclipse Award. Let's find out all about that and much, much more. He joins us now. Rob, congratulations and welcome to the show for the first time. Well, thanks very much, uh, everyone. I'm uh, happy to be here. Well, let's uh, talk about the Eclipse Award. It was for media and it was a special that you did on uh, basically Secretariat's last race, correct? Yes, that's correct. We produced essentially a mini documentary on the 50th anniversary of Secretariat's last race at Woodbine, and it aired in our um, one-hour TSN special 
um, for the Canadian International in 2023. Why now? Why, it, it probably tied in with the 50th anniversary, but but why now? And and will you have an audience for this? You know, it, it's been a long time since Secretariat was at his prime, and he's no longer with us. Why now, Rob? So to your point, yes, we, we number one, we did do it for the um, 50th anniversary celebration of um, of that last race of Secretariat. And the fact that it took place at Woodbine, I think people sometimes forget that part of the history of that great horse. Um, everyone always automatically thinks of, of course, his historic Triple Crown one. But they do forget that he did run after that Belmont Stakes and his final race was actually at Woodbine. So we wanted to celebrate that. We wanted to tell that story. And um, we wanted to tell it in a slightly different way rather than just writing a regular everyday script. And that's why we included the people that were actually there for this event and let them tell their story and their emotions of the day. Well, sadly... I was there, but I wasn't asked to come on the show, Rob. But <laughs> we could always edit him in, Rob. Yeah, yeah. but uh, no, seriously, I, I was there. It was it was a great event. Uh, I remember, you know, vividly. About three days before, uh, they brought Secretariat out for a workout, and the the track was packed just to watch him work out. But uh, talk about the team behind the show, like uh, especially the producer, uh, Tammy Glanders. Yeah, so, I mean, the broadcast team at um, Woodbine, I'm so privileged to have and work with the team that we have there. Um, you know, essentially the genesis of this piece was I was already thinking about this idea back in 2022, knowing that the anniversary was coming in 2023. Uh, my vision was I wanted to tell Eddie Maple's story, jockey Eddie Maple's mm. story, um, because I didn't think many people had really heard that story. Everybody associates, of course... Um, Ron Turcott with Secretariat. But Eddie Maple was the last jockey to sit on his back mm -hmm. in a horse race. So that was a story I originally wanted to tell with some input from others if we could track them down that were actually at the track that day. We worked with um, the Woodbine Communications Department to get Eddie to Woodbine uh, for the celebration that day, and he did attend. But Eddie could only show up the day before the actual race itself, which from a broadcast perspective doesn't give us a lot of time to actually work him into the piece. Mm -hmm. So Tammy Glanders was our lead producer on this particular piece. She was joined by a number of people within the team, and we all worked together to try to shift the storytelling to include a little bit more of the other players beyond just the Eddie Maple story. And that's where Tammy really took it. And she was in charge of tracking down those folks that we included, doing the interviews, organizing how we wanted it shot. And she really brought out the emotion from those folks uh, because of her experience and because of her knowledge and the relationships she already had with some of them. And then she was in the edit suite with our producer, our editor, Andrew Doherty, and they really made that story come to life. And it was the best of both worlds. It was the Eddie Maple story that we originally wanted to tell, but also brought in others that were experiencing the day itself to bring some emotion to the overall experience 50 years ago. 
And Rob, what was the common theme, do you think, when everyone said their piece? What seemed to emerge that that linked everyone? I think the common theme was this transcended horse racing. There were 40,000 people, I think was the number, at Woodbine that day. Mm -hmm. And they came from all over because they wanted to see this magnificent athlete whether he was a horse or not, perform. Um, the visuals in the piece itself you know, speak for itself. The fact that as he's coming down the stretch in front by a dozen lengths or more, people were actually jumping the rail and wow. running across the racetrack to try to get as close to the inner turf course as possible to see him. I just can't imagine that happening in this day and age, uh, and I don't think we'll ever see that again. Boy, that brings tears to my eyes, Rob. I've had a few people uh, reach out um, that were able to see the piece due to the win uh, in the Eclipse Awards, um, and, and somebody in particular said they were so moved by it because they were 12 years old when that event happened, and it reminded them why they got into the sport in the first place, because of that horse and because of things like that happening. Well, talk about the Eclipse Award, which obviously honors the best of the best in North American thoroughbred racing. In your case, it was the media side. When you began producing the, uh, the show, was winning an Eclipse even a goal? I mean, we certainly don't, you know, do the content that we do to try to win awards. Um, what we did know when we had the finished product and we took a look at it is, is wow, this turned out so unbelievably good um, that we felt it was worthy of trying to enter. Now, we know the Eclipse Award is the Oscars, if you will, of, of horse racing. Uh, and, you know, if you look at the last 10 years of winners in this particular features category, I think it's... NBC Sports five times, ESPN once, Fox Sports once, Digital AT&T once, and NBCSN once. So the fact that we're in that company just goes to show how good of a piece of work we actually did. I'm just so proud of the team for their efforts on this. And as Woodbine's Director of Broadcasting, Rob Platts, let me ask you this. What have you learned about yourself through this experience, and how can that be applied to your future projects? Um, to be honest, to me, it's all about the team effort. No one person can do this just because somebody has an idea. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way it does in the final product. You know, I remember sitting in meetings with, uh, multiple meetings with the various members of my team and everybody having a contribution that just made one adjustment or one little idea that turned the piece from what we thought it was going to be into what it finally ended up. So I'm a big proponent of um, it is a team effort that makes these things happen. Well, talk about yourself a little bit, uh, Rob. Uh, how did you get involved with uh, with Woodbine, and when did it all start for you? Do you want the long version or <laughs> oh, the sure. short version? Sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> we would love it. <laughs> um I was born into the sport. My father is a Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame jockey. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a picture in my office where I'm less than a year old, you know, posing with him and my mother and a horse. So I've been coming to the racetrack uh, at Woodbine, at Fort Erie, at Greenwood, um, mm-hmm. you know, since I was in diapers. Um, 
I got my very first job uh, ever as a 14-year-old at Woodbine in the, as a parking lot attendant back in the days when customers used to have to pay yeah. to just get <laughs> on the property to park yep. <laughs> and then had to pay to get in the building. Um, and it was so busy then that they needed parking lot attendants to actually make sure people weren't triple parking and blocking each other in. Uh, so that was my start at 14 years old. Um, I did some other things in the parking lot. Well, you know, taking money from, um, from the customers as they entered and then eventually in valet parking. Um, I actually went off to university and it was during my, the end of my first year, I found out about a broadcast department, um, within Woodbine. I was taking film at the time and, um, I went in there and they asked if I'd be interested in being an intern through the summer to log their video library. So I started doing that at the end of my first year. Once I was finished school, they were expanding the broadcast department at Woodbine. They hired me to be the first nonlinear editor for Woodbine Entertainment, uh, the Ontario Jockey Club at the time. So I started there. I worked my way up to eventually producing content and then producing the live simulcast. I left for sports, Rogers Sportsnet, um, for a, a stint of a few years. And then I actually came back to Woodbine. So in this recent stint, I've been at Woodbine for 18 years. Uh, prior to the Rogers departure, as a full-time salaried employee, I was there for seven years. So I guess you could say... I've been a Woodbine employee full-time over the course of two separate stints for 25 years, but obviously spent a lot more time than that at the racetrack. So it's not easy to get into broadcasting. It's not easy to stay in broadcasting. So your talent is obvious, and, and it's obvious by virtue of the, uh, the award that you just received and your amazing team that you've assembled. Technology has changed the way we broadcast and the way we put things together. Has that been a, a good thing for you, the advancement of technology in broadcasting? It definitely has. You know, back uh, when I started, um, when we were editing, we were doing something called AB roll editing, which required multiple machines and setting up matching in points and out points. Everything was very, very manual. You know, now you can shoot something digitally, have a file, transfer it in, manipulate it however you want and punch it back out again in, in so much quicker. Um, so that is certainly an advancement that has helped us in regards to delivering the content that we would like to deliver to the customers at a faster pace, but at just as good a quality. And yet it's all about the horses and people. You know, it's not technology. It's about the horses and about people. For our team in particular, we're we're tasked with delivering multiple types of content. We need to cater to a core audience on our simulcast, our core audience on the HPI TV. But when we're doing a TSN show, that's a bit more of a general audience. So we need to be able to tell stories that kind of transcend both the betting audience as well as the general audience. Um, so we, I think we have... Um, the relationships built within the industry and the trust has been built there to allow us to speak to the players in such a way that they're willing to open up to us and let us tell these most amazing stories that they have that hopefully appeal to every audience. 
Well, before we let you go, Rob, a couple of quick questions for you. Getting back to the Secretariat piece, how long did it take to produce? And once it was produced, did you have a, like a preview night for the show that everybody kind of looked at it and critiqued it? It took a while. I mean, we were working on that for at least probably a month in the lead-up. Of course, we were talking about the idea since 2022. Um, but it, Eddie Maple actually coming to Woodbine kind of came together a little bit at the last minute. And, and with him being such a focus of the piece, we couldn't just have him show up and kind of interview him, you know, raw uh, the day before and then figure out how to make the piece happen. So what we did is we actually interviewed Eddie a full week before he came. It might have even been a longer. And we tried to really understand what his answers would be if we put him on camera. And then once we had those answers from the pre-interview, we then started to put together the narrative of the, of the entire piece and anticipate what Eddie was going to say once he was on track with us and on camera with us. So we actually kind of built the piece without Eddie knowing what we wanted him to say and what we hoped he would mm -hmm. say, and then made the adjustments after that. And literally that took place on the Saturday and it aired on the Sunday. So people driven and horse driven that particular piece. Absolutely. And emotion driven, I believe, um, because that day back then meant so much to the people involved in this particular piece. And I think that's what really drew a lot of uh, the audience to it was the raw emotion that they could feel coming from these folks that were there that day. It wasn't just another horse race. It was an event and it was an emotional event for a lot of people. So if our listeners want to see this, is there a link that they can go to? Absolutely. Um, if, um, if somebody were to search uh, Wood, Woodbine Replays online, um, we have a YouTube channel that's titled Woodbine Replays. It is sectioned off um, into various categories. And if they scroll down to original productions, Secretary at the Last Race is the first piece that appears in the original productions category. Rob Platts, Woodbine's Director of Broadcasting, thank you so much for joining us. This is your first time. Please don't make it your last time. Appreciate the time and, and just thanks to everyone so much for the support on this piece because um, it was a, a bit of a labor of love for many of us in the department. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Rob. When we come back, John McMillan joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan 
Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standardbred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds one vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We are so pleased to be joined by a very good friend of the show, Standard Red Horseman and track announcer John McMillan. John has been dealing with a very difficult health diagnosis, and he's going to bring us up to speed. Welcome to Ponies. Thank you, John, for being with us. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Well, thanks for doing this, John. And let's let's talk first about last summer. And uh, I guess you could say it was a summer that kind of changed your life, eh? Yeah, a summer of ups and downs, uh, certainly. Um, I found out I had a lot of support and friends throughout this process of uh, becoming sick. I've got uh, stage four brain cancer. Um, I found that out in August, had a surgery right away, and uh, I've just been battling on ever since. And what was the surgery like, John? What, what did they do? They took as much of the tumor as they could out of my brain, yep. uh, but the more you take, uh, the more of your abilities that you'll lose. So the surgeon has to be very careful. He did what he could, but he would have liked to have got more of the tumor. Well, take us back to last summer, John, and how did you go to get diagnosed? Were you not feeling well, or were there symptoms? Or I was calling the races at Mohawk, mm-hmm. uh, actually three, three days in one week. And I looked down on the winter circle at somebody that I know very well, Anthony Montini, and I couldn't remember his name. Mm. So I knew something was wrong. I was stuttering a little bit. Um, I had a horrible headache. And uh, that led me to go to the doctor and see what was wrong in my head. And if I may be so personal, what was, what was your reaction when you got the diagnosis? I was stunned, obviously, because I'm a very healthy person. I'm 53 years old, um, training for the Boston Marathon. Um, I always ate well, I think. And uh, all of a sudden, your life expectancy goes from potentially 40 or 50 years. 50, I guess that's a bit of a stretch, but uh, a long time anyways, to the doctors telling you you've got six months to a year to live. So that was a shock. And John, is that still the case? Now, this was six months ago that you, or seven months ago that you received the diagnosis. Has that changed? Has there been an elongation of of life expectancy? I guess 13 months is the average once you get diagnosed. So I'm hoping I'm going to be above average and I'm doing everything that I can uh, to prolong my life. I'm exercising every day, eating what they tell me taking all my medication, sleeping as much as I can. Uh, So 
I'm just hopeful, and that's all I can be. And you are a fighter, man. You are such a mm-hmm. fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are uh, in the fight again this year. Yeah, you're so funny. You, last year. You, you always comment on the Maple Leafs. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, despite everything that happened to you, John, you still were training horses, and you were still calling races at Rideau, and as, as you mentioned, you were calling... Uh, races at Mohawk as well, uh, filling in for a uh, friend of the show, Kenny Middleton. Uh, talk about that. It was a lot of fun when we, when I got the call from Mohawk to uh, fill in because uh, Kenny's a friend of mine as well, and I really respect his race calling ability. Uh, so it was fun to be down there. I wish I was at my best when I was there, but maybe someday they'll have me back. Oh, I'm sure they will. And uh, let's talk about Rito. It's not racing right now, is that correct? Rita was off until the 24th of March. And will you be in the announcer booth when they start up again? As long as I'm healthy, uh, they're going to let me call the races. Um, I also will know when it's time to, to hang it up. I have some close friends and family. will They'll tell me if I can't figure that out for myself. So uh, I will never sacrifice the show at Rito Carlton. Uh, that racetrack means too much to me. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Rito and the 2023 season because you saw it firsthand. What was it like and what was the horse population like? The horse population was strong. The bet was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Andrasek is the general manager and he does a fabulous job of lining up simulcast partners for us. So we get a great handle. I think the last night of the year, we're going to bet around $600,000. But unfortunately, we had to cancel with two races or three races to go. But uh, the handle was great. The simulcasting partners were happy. Uh, The fans were loving it. And the on-track crowd was good as well. And our... People in that area, so we're talking about Ottawa, we're talking about the surrounding area, have they become big fans of standard bread racing? Oh, absolutely. Um, Riedel Carlton's been there for 62 years, and we have a very big following. And we don't just follow the races in, in Ottawa. We keep track of the uh, the Toronto scene as well, because that's where it's at. So that's where the best drivers, horses, and trainers gravitate to. So they're really honest um, race fans that uh, participate at Rito Carlton, that's for sure. Well, I want to talk about a horse in particular, Dylan's Bank, a horse that you trained and owned, and you were actually calling the race that the horse won. Like, how did, how did you feel? Like, were you a little excited or ready to jump out the booth or what? <laughs> I, I had a, a few interesting ones with that horse because... He goes to the front, and sometimes he goes uh, serious fractions. And one night, uh, James McDonald happened to be there driving stake races. So I put him on, obviously, who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to the front. He won in 151, uh, which was the fastest mile in a 5.8 at that time of the season. So that was a real thrill. And uh, you're always a little bit anxious when you're calling the race because you want to be sure you're giving everybody else in the race their due uh, time in the race as an announcer. But it was pretty exciting for that one, and uh, hopefully a couple more this year. Were you able to sort of contain yourself uh, once you've crossed the wire? 
Well, James has a body language that showed me that he was full of horse turning for home, and I was shocked, but I was confident as they uh, were coming for the final stride. And I know I, I read somewhere, too, that you are a little different after the race when the people come back to the winner's circle and that, there's the owners and the, and the trainer and the driver, but you also recognize the grooms, right? And it's you have this responsibility that everybody needs to, you know, be thanked for, you know, that brought that horse to the winner's circle, correct? In, including the backstretch. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's like a big family at Riedel Carlton, and we all know each other, and I try to mention every groom that I possibly can, and I try to learn who they are if I don't already know them. Uh, and it's a big thrill for me because you can sometimes get a fist pump uh, from the winner's circle up to the announcer's booth. So it means something to, the, to them as well because there's more than just the owner, trainer, and driver that go into making a winner. I want to talk about your your life as a trainer. Very successful. I was looking at the statistics. Thousands of wins, uh, millions of dollars in purse earnings. Does it take on a new meaning now with your recent diagnosis? Does, does it even matter at this point? It's a little bit different than what one would think. It's not about the wins or the money. That's secondary to me. Um, the most important thing from my career is the people I've met along the way. And I'm very proud of the people that I was affiliated with over my career. I got to work with a lot of great drivers and train for a lot of good owners. And obviously, I was lucky enough to get some good horses along the way. So those are the things that mean more to me looking back on my career. It's not the money um, or even the big races that I was fortunate enough to win. It's the people. And I know, speaking about racing, only two-legged, mm-hmm. you have a certain date marked on your calendar in, in March about running, right? I'm trying to do the half marathon in Myrtle Beach. Uh, it's on the 2nd of March, and I'm training as best I can. I'm not strong, I'll admit that, but uh, I'm getting down there in my gym every day and doing all I can. And I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to race that day. The doctors didn't think that I would, but I want to prove them wrong. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and you will. <laughs> and <laughs> tell us about the training. You're in the gym every day, but are you actually out on the road running, or are you inside on something that is simulating running? What's what's happening? Yeah, I have a stair climber to, that I use, as well as got a indoor bike, and I've got a treadmill, and my weights as well. I just do the best combination of the above uh, to get me as fit as I can and my legs feel like like 200 pounds each but I'm hoping it's going to get back better and better before uh, the race and I'm hopefully going to be there on the starting line. And tell us about your support team, your family and, and those around you that are supportive and cheering you on. Oh, they've been great. Uh, they started immediately the entire racing community jumped on board as soon as they found out I had this problem, uh, so they sent it. They sent me cards. Uh, it's just overwhelming the number of people that reached out on Facebook and so on. So I'm so grateful for that. Even people from the United States that didn't really know me as somebody they raced with, just from the announcer at Rito Carlson, 
Uh, just it's been so overwhelming the support, and that goes a long way when you're as sick as I am. And I know before we came on the air, we were talking. You mentioned about the Boston Marathon. Is that something still that is in the future? Unfortunately, I've run the Boston Marathon a few times, mm-hmm. but I'm not able to qualify ever again because uh, with the time you have to go, I'll never be able to achieve that again. It's just impossible. But I had the thrill of doing it before and uh, never got to run as fast a time in Boston as I would have liked, but uh, it was still a great experience. I just want to maybe get you to give a, a quick plug for Rito Carlton. Uh, they start in, you said March, and uh, how many days of racing do they have this year? And obviously we're going to see you in the booth, so. Oh, yeah. I hope to be in the booth. Uh, 72 days is our racing season. Uh, Guy Gagnon is our leading driver, and he had 6,000 6, win last year, so that was something to take great note of. Uh, we have the Colville Cup in the summer, and I understand this year we're getting the three-year-old Colt Pace and the three-year-old Philly Pacers from the Ontario Sire State, so that's going to be a phenomenal day. Uh, we have uh, lots of fan support and uh, big wagering pools, and we look forward to seeing everybody out this year. John, are you comfortable talking to the audience right now? There might be people out there who are dealing with the same diagnosis. What do you say to them? Just stay positive and live each day the best you can. Uh, you don't know what's coming, as I don't, um, but I just try to seize the positive in each day and go out there and uh, work as hard as I can to do what the doctors say to stay as healthy as I can in this, in this scenario, and that's uh, what I would say to other people. What a pleasure to have you with us, and you sound great, mm-hmm. and I thank you so much for opening up your heart and your life to us, and uh, we wish you all the very best. I appreciate that. Thank you so much to uh, you and Larry as well. Yeah, thanks for doing this, John. Thank you. When we come back here on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, Bob Broadstock, the president of the Quarter Racing Owners of Ontario, is our guest. Stay with us. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian owned and family operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HBIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Bob Rodstock is a well-known and highly respected quarter horse breeder and president of the Quarter Racing Owners of Ontario. He joins us now from Nestleton, Ontario. Love that name. Hey, Bob, nice to have you with us. Good morning, Anne. Nice to visit with you as well. Well, let's talk first about how you became so interested in quarter horses and what was it to you to become a trailblazer for the Ontario Quarter Horse Racing Association? You know, I have to lean on my old mentor, Joe Taveras. Uh, some 30 years ago, I was working off the board on my riding horse, and I ended up at his stable. He offered me a job within the first hour I was there, and uh, he kind of introduced me to the excitement of racing with horses, let alone quarter horses, and just kind of got me hooked. And since then, we're still very good friends. And uh, that's what got me connected to the industry so well. And, you know, the quarter horse part of the industry is is not all that well known. We have a lot of new listeners to this show. What exactly is a quarter horse? So quarter horse is very much like your thoroughbred where a jockey is riding the horse, but we're drag racing with them. So we go very fast. We go straight track. We do run a couple of races around a turn now. So we get up to about four furlongs, but a quarter horse is just simply a breed of horse that's meant more for racing short distances than long. So before you got into quarter horses, Bob, did you ever get involved or have any interest to get involved in any of the other horse racing disciplines? You know, honestly, I was a child that grew up in Ajax. Mm -hmm. I went to high school in Ajax. I went to school to be a computer programmer. I really had no interest uh, other than uh, an affinity for horses. I never rode my first horse until I was 17, 18 years old. Interesting. And let me ask you how you got involved with the quarter racing owners of Ontario. You now are the president. And so what does that organization do and what do you do at the helm? So we represent our horse people in all negotiations, whether it's with the government, with the OLG, with Ontario Racing, or with our post-racetrack Ajax Downs. We also provide insurance programs and benefits and run some other horse purchase program and different incentives to keep people interested in quarter horse racing. So you're similar basically to what the HBPA does uh, on the thoroughbred side, correct? Exactly. And tell us a little bit about your affiliation with Ajax Downs. So Ajax Downs is is my home. It's like where I grew up. Uh, the old Peacock Downs, we were a strip out in a field with grass, and it was a, a very much a family-oriented racetrack, and still is today. We just have now a very professional, a brand-new racetrack to race at, and uh, it, it, it's very much home for me. Uh, I wouldn't envision myself leaving that home other than to visit a few other racetracks, but to, it is my home base for sure. You're also a trainer, right? Correct. Yes. So we, we've been having a lot of success, uh, with our horses over the last few years. And, uh, we have opened our doors to train for other entities and that went well this year and coming into 2024, our population of horses has increased, uh, by 25% in our own barn. And we'll be training almost 25 head for next year, and it's it's very exciting. Oh, and is it a case of supply and demand? So there's demand, and so there's you're creating supply. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, a lot of people get excited when they see you do well. They like to jump on to a trainer that has done well. So we had a very, very good year last year with our young horses, and I think that's helped us to get some new clients 
involved in quarter horse racing from seeing it from uh, the television and getting just getting involved. Maybe for our listeners too, uh, Bob, talk about how do you how do you train these quarter horses because it's entirely different than training a standard bred and a thoroughbred, correct? Right. A lot of our training is as much about fitness as it is about mental health. Uh, horses get very excited when it comes to racing, and, and nothing gets as excited as a quarter horse sitting in the starting gates waiting for them to open. So a lot of our work is done not just for fitness, but to keep the horse uh, mentally sound, make sure he's seen everything he could possibly see, make sure those ra- starting gates are his, his home as well that he's comfortable in there and that he's well-behaved. And is there then a big difference between a quarter horse and, say, a thoroughbred or, or a, a standard-bred horse when it comes to their psychology? For sure. Every breed has its own. Standard-breds are like rocks. They, they don't get affected by a whole lot. They're a great horse. Uh, thoroughbreds are very similar to a quarter horse where they, they're hot at times. But the quarter horse is the, the one that the gate, the starting gate can win and lose a race, and they know it. So when they get in there and they're expecting to leave, any little sound, they think those gates are going to open. And they want to they beat the gate. They want to <laughs> leave very quickly. And that's uh, why it is, why they're considered one of the hotter breeds. And that's a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, talk about the Ajax Downs uh, 2023 season, uh, which finished, I believe, in, in October. Uh, would you say it was a success? For sure. We're still struggling with our horse population, the same as any yeah. breed or any racing in North America. However, our wagering was up substantially. Uh, the attendance at the racetrack was up. Uh, all of our other measurables are doing very, very well. And our horse population has stabilized quite a bit. We were down less than 3% last year. And we're hoping for a little bit of growth this coming year. Uh, actually, at AQHA this coming Wednesday, they are celebrating the world champions, and one of which will be the Canadian champion. And uh, as the QROI rep and I was on the champion selection committee, we're certainly rooting for our local horse, Snow mm-hmm. Moose, to win that honor. Uh, he is competing with 10 others, one of which is from Alberta that uh, is our biggest competition. But we're hoping on Wednesday, January 17th, that it gets announced that Snow Moose is the Canadian champion. Oh, we'll be watching. Mm-hmm. And can you describe Snow Moose to us? Snow Moose is a big gray horse. He raced very, very well, won five races this year. Uh, actually got disqualified a couple of times because he gets out so fast, he kind of wiggles around the racetrack. And um, he's very, very strong and very, very good at his job. So we're looking forward to watching him mature this year as a four-year-old and come back and do very, very well. You also organized uh, quarter horse ownership packages. Uh, is this something that you still do, Bob? Yeah, so we we have the uh, First Line Racing Syndicate, and this is a year where we are renewing our membership so everybody can come back in and buy shares. It's a single share. It costs $2,500, and it covers you for two years, all expenses paid. And we're very excited this year because not only do we have uh, a horse returning, a Dagny Taggart from last year who won two races for them, but this year we have a new Ontario sired and bred two-year-old for the first time. And we're very excited about watching him race and compete in the Ontario program stakes. And his name is 
he's magically delicious and his bar name is Lucky Charms. <laughs> so the package, I just want to get this straight, the package includes, uh, like for $2,500, the package includes two horses or is that just for one horse or what? Explain that. Bill. Yeah, that's two horses for two years, all expenses paid. So we don't come back to you for any more money, that 2500 and what those horses earn while they're racing goes towards their expenses and at the end of the two years we balance out the books and uh, whatever you get back is is hopefully in the plus but uh, it, it is what uh, is remaining out of that $2,500. And Bob how does this quarter horse ownership package benefit the owner? So a lot of owners struggle with the idea and the risk of taking on a horse or two all by themselves. It's a lot more costly and a lot more risky. This is a program that brings together 20 or 25 different owners in one group. So they not only get to experience racing and the thrill of ownership, they're doing it with 25 other people. We have a lot of farm days where they come up to the farm, see the horses, have a barbecue, and they become family. Okay, let's talk about the quarter horse industry in general. Is it the what we see here in Ontario... Is it reaching the same popularity as what quarter horse racing in the U.S. is? Because it's very popular there. Uh, do you think we're getting close to that same popularity level? Well, certainly before the Slots at Racetracks program was cancelled in 2012, we were doing just that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in today's world, we have a great following. Our fan base is excellent. But the quarter horse industry is very well entrenched in the southern U.S., and is very big. It's much larger than both thoroughbred and standard bread combined in a lot of those southern U.S. states. So it'll take us a long time to catch up to them. Certainly a goal, but uh, it, it is a very, very big industry in the southern U.S. And it's a big goal. That's a lofty goal. So let's talk about Ajax Downs in 2024, what the future holds for them, for it, and also how it might enhance and entice new fans. So we're always doing a lot at Ajax Downs to bring in the general public. We hold many different events for uh, raising money for charities and for community-type events to bring those people in and get them exposed to quarter horse racing. Uh, The great thing about Ajax Downs is it's right in the heart of Durham Region in Ajax, and the construction, the the. Uh, employment in that area is just booming. So it's a great place for new people to come out and just see what quarter horse racing is all about. Well, we've talked about the racing side of Bob Broadstock. How about the uh, the home side and uh, your farm in Scugog Township? Talk about that, that you run that with uh, with your wife, correct? Nestleton, Ontario. Larry. Nestleton. <laughs> sounds like Nestleton. a chocolate place. I just, it does. Yeah. Place. It's my yeah. favorite place now. Yeah. It really it's, is. It sounds like a chocolate thing. Like, you know, Nestle's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you're, both, you're both funny. You're, you two are cards. You need to be dealt with. <laughs> so it, 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 we're very excited. We, we kind of expanded this year as well. We've built a new riding arena uh, that allows us to get our young horses going earlier. This time of year, it's a great thing to have a great tool where we can get inside and away from the ice and mm. snow that is outside to continue to work with our horses. So that's our big expansion of the year, something it's been a lifelong goal that we finally did. Still a little bit of work left to do to finish the inside, but it is uh, it is our excitement for sure. You know, it, we've had a big dumping of snow today, Saturday, and overnight last night. Do horses like snow? 
I tell you, my horses really thoroughly enjoyed it this morning. They've had to struggle this winter when we didn't have any snow. The ground is hard and it's, and it's, it's tough for them to get running and to stretch their legs. Well, this morning, not only do they drop and roll as soon as they get in the deepest part of the snow, <laughs> they ran, bucking, playing. They've spent more time playing today and eating hay, and that's unusual for them. So they're really, really enjoying it. Snow is a great thing for them when we have enough. Well, before we let you go, Bob, uh, take us back to your farm and maybe describe it. Like, how many stalls have you got? And, uh, you know, describe the property. So. And how important is your wife, Marie, to all of this? So she's the one that lets me do all of this <laughs> and helps make sure that I do it correctly. Uh, you know, we have a 100-acre farm here. We have about 25, 30 acres in pasture fields that uh, we have brood mares and we have babies and we have old retired horses. I have the first horse I ever bred that's still living today. He's 27 years old and he's just, he's just a pet. He just gets to live out his days. Um, we have, when we moved here in 2006, we just had a house and we built all of that fencing. We built the main barn, we built the hay barn, and now we've built the arena. Because Marie let you. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob, thanks for doing this, and good luck, uh, you know, with your First Line Racing Syndicate venture this year, and good luck uh, at the track. Thank you very much. I look forward to speaking with you guys at any time. As do we. Thank you, Bob. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park and, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So please make sure your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stay with us for Lucky Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day? Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing, and I just have two words for you, giddy up. Let's go to Gulfstream Park first. They have an 11 race card today, and race nine is a very competitive maiden special weight. It's one mile on the dirt for three-year-olds, a purse of $89,000. Twelve are set to go including number three, D-Day Sky, whose last start at Churchill Downs on November 25th could be considered a key event, which saw the winner that day, Track Phantom, go on to win a stakes race in his next start. As for D-Day Sky, his last start was eventful, as he walked out of the gate, raced wide and very greenly, but he did stay on for third. D-Day Sky shows three progressive buyer speed figures in his three starts, goes first Lasix today, has worked four times since that last race at Churchill. Lots to like in a competitive field, and the price should be right today. So Gulfstream Park, race nine, number three, D-Day Sky. Santa Anita has a nine race card today. Race seven is the Sunshine Millions Turf Stakes for fillies and mares, six and a half furlongs on the turf, purse of $150,000. Eight fillies and mares have been entered, including number six, Stay and Scam, who in her last start blew away a field of 40,000 optional claimers, winning by four and a half lengths. This filly by Square Eddie hasn't been worse than second on the grass, and in the previously mentioned five furlong turf event, Stay and Scam took a career best 95 buyer, and the 95 buyer is the field's best last race buyer on the page. Stay and Scam has worked four times since that December 1st race, including a bullet five furlong work of 58 flat handily. Trainer Doug O'Neill looks to have Stay and Scam locked and loaded for another good effort today in a race that I believe features a few starters that have questionable form on the grass. So Santa Anita, race seven, number six, Stay and Scam. The Meadowlands has another 13 race card tonight, and race five is a one-mile trot for a purse of $18,000. An old handicapping friend of mine used to preach the value of betting a trotter that won their last start, and that is what we have with number four, Primo Padre, who after racing well at Philadelphia in December, shipped into the Meadowlands last week and totally decimated a field of trotters, winning by five open links and 153-1. and one. That was a class lower, but this guy is no stranger to the winner's circle with 10 wins and 51 lifetime starts. Last week's start and the two starts prior at Philly, where Primo Padre finished second in both, looks like he is a renewed horse, and at 15 to 1 morning line odds, I believe he's worth a price play. The Meadowlands race 5, number 4, Primo Padre. Finally, Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11 race card tonight, and race 11 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $15,000. A field of 10 have been entered, including number four, Beyond Better. His last two starts have been improving sorts, two starts back from the seven hole. He got away seventh and raced at the back of the pack, but did close a little to pick up fourth money. Last week from the dreaded 10 hole, Beyond Better got away 10th and closed seven lengths to third. When he finished a length away from taking all the spoils, and he had a last quarter in 27 flat. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 11, number four, Beyond 
better. Larry, thank you so much. I can't wait to be with you again next Saturday. And big shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hey, Mark. Goodbye and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a little reminder, if you would like to receive a free, that's the operative word, digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was recently released, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this worthy cause, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies, and please donate. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you so much for listening. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.